This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast, Ted here, John here, talking DC United, Washington Spirit, U.S. Men's National Team, U.S. Women's National Team. We are your DC soccer central home. It's the off season. Things are things are a little sad. John, I know you. I know you had a great week last week. I I, I think you know why. I I did. I did have a great week. Yes. I'm uh, finally now normalizing on my sleep, <laughs> which is great. I think I now I'm back to at least five and a half hours of sleep. So I'm uh, I'm a happy camper for many reasons. That's good. I'm I'm glad. I'm happy. Let me just say I'm happy. I'm happy for you, John. I am happy that your sports team that plays a game that is extremely long and I don't really understand it. I am happy that they did a good thing and they brought some joy to 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 the DC sports section because there's not a lot of joy normally with DC sports. But we are now, I guess, the the district of champions after the WNBA wins, the Washington Capitals winning the Stanley Cup uh, in 2018, and now the Nationals. So you know. Things are great in DC sports. Things are pretty great. Um, so, but I'm glad you had that moment. Um, a team that's not really doing great, and that we really have no clue what the heck's going on, uh, is the team that this aforementioned podcast is about. Um, by the way, we're gonna go ahead and do it. We're just gonna open the phone lines today. We're, we're, we're gonna talk, but uh, please call in two zero two nine zero five zero four five four. Give us your thoughts. Talk about. We are literally. This is off season time. Talk literally about whatever you want. Whatever you want, it can be anything. We we will we will answer it. I think we're pretty much open to that, um, within reason, within reason. I don't want to invite certain people to call in and do things. Um, so we don't want anyone to sign us up for any mailing list uh, for <laughs> cars in in Hawaii. For yeah, instance. yeah that that would be that would not be a good thing to do. So, uh, but pretty much anything. Um, that's what we have our producer in the background. He's going to be Brian's here, and he's going to help us sort of uh weed some things out so um let's talk John. it's it's been a, it's been i guess uh, a little bit longer than a week i guess has it been longer than a week i think it I think has it's been, been longer it feels yeah. longer yeah it feels longer feels a lot we have the whole playoffs even though it's been going flying right by um we've had a whole, a whole couple weeks since dc united 4-1 loss um I, I i have my thoughts and my feelings and some of them have been very very much influenced by certain players who performed very very well in the playoffs um i will get to that in a minute um, John, how are you? Uh, how are you feeling? Two weeks out of the four-one loss to uh, to TFC. Well, I'm glad that they're they appear to be very good. Um, yeah, and they they appear to not want to let anyone stop them. So that's good. I, you always want to be knocked out of the playoffs by the team that goes all the way if you're going to get knocked out. And so that appears to be happening or has happened. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I think no one really expected a lot out of the playoff run once we got in because we backed in so sideways, um, you know, with a whole bunch of shutouts in a row, which was fine, but also not a lot of scoring and not a lot of excitement. And everyone sort of just thought, well, you never know. You get in the playoffs, anything can happen, I guess. And then we got in and then something did happen. We got, we got the doors blown off in the, in extra time after a very nice goal in the very last seconds of the game. Um, 
But I mean, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I would maybe feel differently if I didn't just have a, a World Series win to, to, you know, mess with my endorphin levels uh, <laughs> at a very in a very serious way. You're all you're all rainbows and sunshine right now, John. I get it. I, so I so I guess I can be the more leveled. Um, I, I I guess it, it I I it stung for this stung this stung for a long time. Um, I was I was not in a good mood. Um, you know, but I always get that, you know, Hey, you know, you get that, that bump to look forward to next season. I, I, I guess, um, there's been sort of some, I don't want to call it interesting sort of stories. Uh, obviously the big news coming out was, uh, not really surprising news was that Luciano Acosta is, um, pretty much out the door. Um, he is not, uh, he is either going somewhere else, uh, maybe to another team in MLS. My guess is somewhere in Europe, he's going to be picked up on a contract, um, I absolutely love this player in 2016. I was very happy for him in the summer of 2017 when it seemed like we were getting players that could play around him. Um, he absolutely blew apart the second half of 2018. I got his jersey on the back. I've made no qualms about it. I completely fell out of love with Luciano Acosta in 2019. John feels differently. I know John feels differently. Um, everyone knows I feel differently. Yes. Everybody knows you feel differently. <laughs> Um, but it was, it was very, uh, it, it was, it was, it was kind of sad because he sort of represents the sort of that last big time, big time player from the old era, from the, from the, the RFK era. Um, and, and it, it's, it's kind of, it, it's kind of sad for me to see, to see the way this, this all kind of fell apart. Um, cause you didn't want it to fall apart like that. Um, we all wanted to be talking about this team riding high, Acosta and Rooney, you know, Acosta and Rooney making best 11 again, putting together a full season of, of, of good play. Uh, neither of them made the best 11, neither Rooney nor uh, Acosta made the best 11. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of sad to see him go the way to go out the way he did. Um, I thought it was very interesting. He, it didn't seem like in the interview he necessarily burned any bridges. He didn't necessarily say Olsen was an awful coach. I don't know why they're keeping him. He did have some uh, some messages for the club. He said it didn't seem like in the early days the club was really, you know, dedicated to building a winner. You know, then they got in Rooney. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he said a thank you to the fans. Uh, so, you know, they say time heals all wounds. Um, I've forgiven him. I guess uh, I've forgiven him a little bit. Uh, for the for the, sort of his actions in 2019, um, and I and I feel a little sad to see him go. Um, I, and I don't know what the future holds. We might get somebody in here who's just not as good or not as skillful. Um, we play ugly games, and suddenly it's not as exciting. Uh, he certainly brought brought a a breath of excitement. So I'm sad, um, John. I'll let you I'll let you give your final eulogy to to Luciano Acosta in a DC uniform. Yeah, I'm very sad. Um, yeah. If you happen to read this article. I think he did a good job of explaining and sort of um, not making not, I would say he didn't make excuses for his play. I think he would say, yeah. yes, the PSG move affected me. Yes. Um, you know, I, I thought about it. I, I had a, I, my first game back, I was able to put it away, but after that it definitely did. And people who say that it did, they're right. I think he did throw a little shade at Ben so much that Olson was asked to comment on what he said and he basically was like, I reject, I reject those, I reject that, that, that assumption. Um, and he said, if you interview the rest of the players, um, I don't think they lost belief. And the thoughts were that it was a good season that ended in a bad way. Um, but it was a good season. 
And that's sort of what he said in front of uh, the supporters group in the last game of the regular season and got him, got him yelled at like that. That is his belief. His belief was he was able to find a way to get this team points at the end of the season without playing attractive in any way soccer because all of the pieces just weren't working. So his, his answer would be a good coach finds a way to get points no matter what. And then the fan would say, you have these players. Why can't you make it work? That's on you to make it work. Yeah. But, but back on, back on Acosta, I think that um, if you look at his stats, I think you've pointed this out a couple times where 2018 was an aberration um, and 2019 was more like a regular season. And it's funny how much 2018 made me think it, it erased the bad parts. It, it made yeah. it so that all the time and when he was playing on garbage teams at RFK, scoring three goals a year because no one around him was any good at all. And he would get red cards all the time because he would get mad because no one around him was any good at all. Um, I, I kind of got smoothed over. And all I remembered was the dribbling, the passing, the just being exciting, just visually being the visually distinctive player on a, a, a team of completely nondescript nobodies for a lot of for a lot of years or feels like a lot of years it wasn't that long when you look back at it yeah it was um, it, feel, it feels like forever it feels like forever yeah it was only 2016 yeah. um but it feels it feels way longer than that but yeah i mean I, i'm gonna i'm i'm sad i don't he will not be replaced in any way that uh makes it feel the same for me i think it will take a while i this team has not done very well in you know at least in my so since i've been watching since 2008 um, they've not done a good job of finding the playmaker that that can unlock games, um, usually because they're expensive. But then other times they tried to do it and just didn't work out. So he was one of the ones for me that it, that they did mostly what they wanted him to do. And it's sad that he's gone, and I think we'll be worse for it. And I think that his points about Olsen were probably pretty fair. And I think if you were able to, and I think as we continue to release players here, which we've done and we'll talk more about that too. Uh, I think if you were able to interview them, I think they, they might have similar thoughts. We'll we'll just never know if Leo Hara thinks that Ben Olsen was a bad motivator and didn't have tactics that worked. Who knows? Yeah, and I think that's you know it, it, the the comment I guess that Ben makes it you know talk to all the players you know let them know. Uh, Ben's also not really you know mincing words about whether the team. It's kind of interesting because we we saw the Pablo Meyer article. I think Pablo Meyer either tweeted or there was an article. Basically saying Olsen's back next year. Don't don't expect any coaching change. Don't expect any any change. Um, he's going to be back. I, I don't think. I think we all kind of looked at it and said probably. You're probably right. Um, I, I'm still about seventy five percent. But but golf's article again. I don't know if it, it claimed any sort of any sort of um, like definite articles, but it was Ben sort of saying, yeah, they might look for a new coach. Um, you know, they might go and look for somebody else. Uh, and you, so the golf article almost seemed to paint it in a light where it was like, well, you know, hold your, you know, don't, don't think Ben Olsen's uh, for sure coming back. You know, they're going to review it. They're going to, you know, look back and, you know, who knows, maybe, you know, maybe Ben Olsen, maybe the Ben Olsen comment from Pablo is a comment from, you know, three months ago when things were flying high, the team was, you know, hadn't give up a goal in five games, had sort of played themselves back into the playoffs. Maybe that was a, a sort of a moment and, and things change can change really quickly. If a coach comes in, you know, and they think he can do a better job than Ben, um, then they owe it to themselves to go out and get that and get that coach and, and, and sign him. Um, if they don't think that then, okay, I guess Ben Olson's here for the, for the, for, for at least this year. Um, 
so you know, I, I still put it at probably about seventy five percent. I think seventy five percent chance Benelson is back. There's like a twenty five percent where I won't be surprised if he's gone either. Um, you know, we, we've talked at length about whether he should stay or whether he should go. I do think this year Benelson did not help himself. Um, did not help himself in any 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 shape of the word. Um, you, you look at the Acosta leaving, how he wasn't able to make that work. The tactical changes, everything um, just didn't really work this year. Um, and then let, you know, let's get to to talent evaluation, which you know we've we've both kind of sung the praises of of the talent evaluation at, at DC, um, their ability to find decent players, and 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 you know they cut loose guys maybe and people all oh, that might come back to bite them, but it almost never does. Uh, well, there was one that I think has severely come back to bite them, um, and that is Nick DeLeon. Uh, if you all had a chance to to watch the uh, Eastern Conference Final, um, Nick DeLeon had an absolute stunner of a shot, um, better than the one he had, you know, just la- uh, in 2008, 2018 season. Kind of out of nowhere, too. Yeah, sorry. And kind of he, he had dribbled himself into a dead end and just sort of backed up like a like a Mack truck with the with the beeper on, and, <laughs> and then just shot kind of flat-footed into the top corner. It was and, kind of ridiculous. And, and just fired it, and that was a player that DC United – and golf even I found it funny golf even had the thing where it was like they said that they didn't think with his injuries he'd ever get back to to sort of that elite level, and Toronto made us has made us look like fools. Um, Toronto has made us absolutely look like fools, and, and just and just the notion that this team and, and I tweeted this out and I think it, I I got a lot of uh, a lot of response from it, um, but I think it bears repeating the fact that this team decided to keep Zoltan Stieber. With a million dollar salary, and yet they couldn't figure out a way to make um, Nick DeLeon with I think a, I think his option was somewhere in like the three hundred to four hundred thousand range. I'd have mm-hmm. to go back and look. Um, but you look at you know who's who's standing who who rocked you four one who's now standing in the final game going on the road, um, going on the road against the, the the best team in the East in New York City FC and absolutely just outplaying them. Then you look at um, them going to uh, to Atlanta and getting a win there, and you just look at that and just the contributions they got from Nick DeLeon, the contributions they got when they're missing their best player in Josie Altidore um, up top at striker. They're basically playing Pozuelo as kind of like a false nine, and that really makes me question whether not only just question Ben Olsen, it makes me question Dave Casper, whether he's really the right person for the job. Um, DC has a lot of answers to, to, to give, and they've got a lot of roster spot. They've got a lot of ability and, and, uh, and ability to sort of maneuver who knows what the CBA negotiation is going to look like. Um, things have been kind of quiet on that. I've been sort of surprised. I kind of expected a lot more of that to start ramping up. Um, but I'm guessing once the trophy's raised, probably going to be like the first thing that comes out. Um, but I guess from, from that perspective, I really question based on what I saw from Nick DeLeon and how he, he, I really question Ben Olsen and uh, and and even Dave Casper's talent evaluation. Um, that hurt. That stung really badly. And while I'm happy for Nick, uh, I don't know if that'll ever go away. I, I really don't. I hope he wins. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. I hope. Um, I, hope I hope he wins. We got some questions in the chat. Go. Let's Arthur fire away. Lampros says, uh, "Could Lucho or any other DC United player make his way across the pond to play with Rooney?" Is Rooney going to make any recommendations to his buddies in the championship or League One? I don't think so. Um, maybe, maybe a player like Ariola potentially. Yeah, I'm trying to think of players that he really had a lot to say. He talked a lot about the American player and how they were underpaid in MLS. 
he's not going to say anything about Lucho. I think the I think the magic's dead there. Um, so that's he wouldn't recommend him. Who, who, who you look like you may think that there's somebody that he might recommend. I mean, I, could he recommend Lucho? Possibly. I, I do think it. It definitely seems like he talked a lot in 2018 of how great Lucho was, and then it seems very clear to me that that kind of waned a little bit and he wasn't really doing much of the much of the talking um so i i don't know it it'll be uh i, I don't know i i think we see him end up um either i think he'll wait out the january transfer window see if there are any bites anyone interested in taking him he'll end up i think at either an italian side a a, a second division lower division italian side maybe in the championship maybe a little bit higher i don't know if he makes like a top division team at this point, um, or he takes the money and goes to Saudi Arabia. Truth be told, that that also could happen. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if necessarily Darby's going to be uh, chomping at the bit to sign uh, to sign Lucho Acosta. Um, I, I would I be slightly surprised. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got another question on here, sort of talking about um, the field conditions, the thinking about what it's going to be like after two. I guess they start in February. Um, for XFL, and I think it's will be two months, I guess, before mm-hmm. DC United open up at home. They will, however, the, the challenge really is going to be that well, there's a short overlap. Well, there's gonna there's gonna be some overlap, and actually, there are. So, um, someone I forget where I exactly heard this, but a large reason why uh, part part of the reason I'm I'm not sure it was the only reason, but part of the reason why. The MLS is trying to end their season so early, where before it's you know trailed into December, before the season was over, and it's ending you know November tenth. It's probably the earliest it's ended in probably at least four or five years. Um, and the reason is is because they want to give enough lead time, because apparently I think there's a CBA. There's part of the CBA negotiation is the off season has to be a certain set number of days long. So when they finish in December, they have to push it all the way into March, uh, based on the the CBA negotiation. Um, but now what they're trying to do is trying to end the season early, and I think uh, they're actually talking about starting it like late February, is when the season's actually going to begin. Oh. Yeah, so well, there'll be a lot of crop. Well, basically, I just wanted was wanted to get to the fact that so the the contract stipulates at the end of the XFL season they will replace the grass and pay to replace the grass. So DC will have basically a full year, maybe you know one month short of a full season of uh, of of new turf. So that's good. There will be there is some crossover, so there will be some games. One can only imagine um, where the field is going to look and play kind of kind of kind of bad. Um, it's an, the one time we kind of wish this was turf. Maybe mm-hmm. um, we it's uh, not. So <laughs> you guys saw how it looked after they played lacrosse in the rain, and how that basically just nuked the field. So yeah, fingers crossed on that one. It's not a, not a huge story, not a big deal, but some something about to watch. body field. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, some something to look at. Definitely, I, I know where you're going. But you can go ahead. I know. Yeah, you're sure. So, uh, in addition to changes at Audi Field next year, as opposed to also having another client or another uh, tenant share the building, um, there's going to be safe standing, according to reports, uh, verified reports. Uh, so that's good. That's something we've been talking about as a as a maybe might happen. Um, something that a lot of people thought already would be hap- already would have happened by the time the stadium was built. But you know, sometimes things don't happen the way you think they will. So uh, next season you will no longer be at a large risk to do a front quadruple flip uh, forward into the people in front of you uh, when you're in the supporters group section. So that's good. There's rumors about more um, stuff coming to the field, uh, but 
some some people have speculated does that mean roof does that mean something with like potentially building a roof over this or the supporters group stands no that will <laughs> never ever happen ever it is more likely that the, the team will blow audi field up and then build another stadium in its place in a different design format those roofs are not ever going to happen maybe giant tarps that's what they could do they, i think structurally it's not a possibility but i think it's great that you know, they're doing the thing I said they would do at the start. And I think they should also maybe put the final tiles over the, the roofs that they do have. But maybe that's asking too much. Yeah, uh, the safe standing obviously is important. And, and I, I, it seems to me like that's just kind of an easy thing for them to do. And it's it, it, they can they can they should be able to afford the ability to bring people in and to and to finish to, to make that supporter section um better than what it is which is just bleacher seating um i'm glad they were able to finally convince the city of that um i hope it comes next season um i guess my my concern is we haven't really um um we haven't really gotten a uh a um we haven't really gotten like i guess a timetable have they said specifically it's going to be there by like first kick or first first game um i, I thought the article seemed still kind of like yeah we're gonna do it uh but we'll whenever we get around to it i guess that's the only concern there wasn't really a timetable established yeah i imagine it'll be before the season starts i think that that's i think that's a as far as a structural a structural thing this is really just onbolding and, and screwing in some new um some new low bars arthur also says that the seats below the heineken club would come out for standing interesting so that's that's interesting because um, those are not cheap seats down there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, that's all good news for Audi fields. Um, I think there's still some things they need to figure out and they need to, you know, I finished, uh, they need to figure out a way to finish that roof and make it sort of rep more representative, uh, and, and, and look better than it does right now. Um, I don't want to walk into Audi field and say, look, same time. And obviously of course the history representation needs to happen. There needs to be, some sort of representation of the team's history. Um, I hope that comes. I hope that happens. You got to figure out a way to have the championships trophies somewhere on somewhere displayed, um, represent the history of your club. And they, and they do seem to be trending a little bit more back towards that. Um, it seems like they kind of took this year as kind of a, let's just get through this season and then let's actually do some things that we want to do with the stadium. So um, Gregory points out that the XFL may fold before the end of the season. Uh, which it probably will <laughs> based on recent efforts to create parallel soccer, parallel football leagues. And also looking at how much they're paying some of their players. I think they're looking at paying for full seasons, like $22,000 for non quarterbacks, which uh, I forget who the guy was, but one of the players that got drafted was like, yeah, you can, you can not, that's not happening. <laughs> you can go, you can take that money and shove it. Cause if you're thinking about like, the the risk that you're putting yourself at and your body at for for twenty two thousand that's that's not going to cut the mustard for a lot of these players. We're very much living in sort of a different time as far as like football and and what players are willing to put themselves through. Um, just in the amount of information that's out there, I, I could see a player being like twenty two thousand. I can't no. I'm going to go keep my keep my body and my head safe. And I'm gonna go take this college degree I have, and I'm gonna go get something else that's gonna pay me that's gonna pay me a lot better. Um, I, I I will say as far as as far as the XFL folding, it is backed by Vince McMahon, who does have um, a considerable amount of money. Um, it was the, last time though, too, wasn't it? It was, it was, but they still got through the season. Let's that's be clear. 
Like that's they did it better than the uh, I forget what the other what the other league was. I've even forgotten the name of I the forget too. Yeah, mm-hmm. the one that was started in the spring and like didn't finish the season. <laughs> that's the difference because it's it's this is all backed by Vince McMahon. So I fully expect that Vince McMahon has the ability and the funds. Oh, the U was the UFL. I thought it was like something like Alliance of American Footballers. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, it's some it's some weird name. It's dead anyway, so it's not coming back. So, um, um, that was our producer in the chat saying it was UFL, but it, I, I believe it. It had some like weird. It was like the AAF or something like the Alliance of American Football. I think it was. It was some weird, weird name. Um, but anyway, you know, um, I guess you know we're all DC Defenders fans, right? No, no, nobody. Big time, <laughs> of course. Um, Get another YouTube question here. Go ahead. M. Rickling says, without Rooney and similarly significant offseason signing, plus keeping Olsen and Casper, what kind of hit do you think attendance will take next season? I think the answer is it won't. Um, based on people's conversation, I think I think the, uh, the, the parable that often gets talked about, at least on my part of Twitter, uh, is that Twitter is not real life mm-hmm. and that what we hear on the internet is not a real a great sample for what the real deal is uh, elsewhere. So I think people on the internet are real mad. I think people who listen to this podcast, that type of people, people who are putting on podcasts, that same sort of segment, uh, they would say that it probably should mean that less people should come to these games because it shows a lack of wanting to win and you know all the things we've talked about ad nauseum. But I will tell you, I doubt that it really will. I think that they will figure out a way to put butts in seats no matter what. Um, season tickets are probably flat because they kept the price where they were where they were last year, um, allowed people to actually lock in that pricing for three years. There's something to be said for that. People will ride out what might look like a bad season. I think we're so early in this in this offseason. We're not even I mean, we're technically in the offseason. <laughs> They're not playing anymore, uh, but the season's still going on, so there's no there's no real player movement going on. But um who knows? I think that it's entirely possible that a player, we get a player that is exciting. I think we, I think you should probably count on that. There will be some player signed from Europe or South America that you will have heard of probably, um, <laughs> and you will be excited by them. And some people will say, that's good enough for me to get a ticket. And then the rest of the people that are just saying, I love soccer. I like seeing it in person. This is still the most affordable ticket in town for a season ticket. So I'll, I'll be there. So long way of saying, I don't think it'll affect it much. It won't be more. There will not be more than there were last year. Attendance will be probably slightly down or at least or flat at most optimistic. Um, but it, it really doesn't affect things, I think, the way people really want them to sometimes. I, I will say that what I think is going – what's going to contribute, I guess, to to what the season ticket – to what the what, what it's going to look like stands. I think it's going to be very similar to how it kind of was at RFK. First few games of the year – People show up, you know, hey, soccer's back. Let's go watch the game. People show up. People show up. The team's good. Attendance kind of stays kind of stays there. there. There it stays around, you know, 14, 15,000. You know, people show up. Um, people show up and watch the team. Team goes bad. Uh, you get 12, 11,000. I, I think this is going to depend on the results on the field, how the team looks, how the team plays, how, how things go is going to determine whether or not we see this team um, – whether or not we see this team actually uh, actually do well, um, and in, in the attendance wise, uh, this this year it's not you don't have the flashy Rooney unless they sign Mesut Ozil, which I guess could still happen, but probably not. I they, think he was only going to happen if he was literally being 
chased by by like gang members in in London every single day, and they were going to be able to take him on a free. Yeah, he's still he's still one of the most highly paid soccer players in the in the entire universe. So strong bet that's not going to happen. No, I I would I would sort of I would sort of bet against that. Um, but uh, you know, I I. I think it's going to a lot. It's going to depend on the results. If this team is playing well, if they're playing, you know, semi-attractive soccer where they're actually winning, I think people are going to want to show up and people are going to want to buy a ticket. Um, that's always happened with DC is when the team's playing well, pe- people want to show up and people want to watch, you know, want to be entertained. Um, things aren't going well, then things are going to taper off. And yeah, we're going to talk about, you know, you know, 11, 10,000 people in the stands watching a team that's, you know, eight, eight and 20 or something like that. You know, it's going to be like the, the battle days of RFK. Um, so it's, those are my, that's my, that's my sweet spot. So I'll be, I'll be well used to that. If that's where we end up. Yeah. (laughs) All I know, all I know is bad. All all you, all you do know is bad. You got in right at like the, the end of, of the good times in 2008. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I don't, I still see people coming out. I, I think they're going to what I'll be curious to see what they do. We we sort of see them. They took they they signed Rooney. No brainer deal. They got the deal done. They they brought in Rooney. Are we gonna see this team still go with sort of the loan to buy options with the amount of cap space that they have? Are they gonna actually go out and make a choice and say, Yep, we are going to pay a transfer fee of, you know, five, six million dollars bring this guy in. We, we believe he can be good um, because that's what you're seeing a lot of, a lot of the league going to. And DC's kind of gone with this loan to buy model, which, you know, is a very smart and prudent business move. I mean, it allows you, if we had bought Leonardo Hara and we had his contract on our books, we'd be running around trying to figure out how are we going to get rid of this guy? Because we don't want him anymore. And we got to get rid of him. Now it's loan. It's like, Oh, thanks. Thanks, Hara. You know, thanks. Bye. See you later. Um, so, I mean, at least it prevents the team from being stuck in a bad contract. Um, but you, you don't get the quality of player because you're not willing to go out and spend that money to bring in a guy who can actually be really successful. You're not bringing in a Pity Martinez. You're not bringing in a Miguel Amiron. You're not bringing in a Nicholas Ladero. Um, sorry, not Nicholas Ladero. He was, I think, I forget where he go. Not, uh, not Ladero, but, um, uh, really, uh, really Diaz from, from T from Toronto or, um, or a lot of those other guys who come in and, sort of our big difference makers. And that's the question really DC has to answer. What type of team are they? What what are they going to be this off? And I think we'll find out this offseason. What type of team are we? Are we still the prudent, you know, say we're going to spend big and not spend big? I, most people think seem to think so on the internet. Um, I'm on the internet, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> or is this team actually going to go out and, and make some moves? And I'm not saying they go out and sign Mesodozo or nothing. I'm just saying, what are they going to do? Are they going to actually pay transfer fees for players, bring guys in, you know, pay significant transfer fees, not just, you know, two, three million, pay, you know, four or five million even. Um, I, I would be fine with that. They pay five million for a player. I might be interested. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. I don't think that they will. Um, yeah. That will be a that will be a departure, I think, for them a little bit. But well, Big you question. Never know. I mean, Jason Levine's talking a lot of uh, talking a lot of mess in the Washington Post. He's done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, in twenty, at the end of the twenty thirteen season, he did the exact same interview. Basically, Will Chang theoretically was also not Will Chang. I'm sorry, uh, Eric Toe here was, was in also in the conversation, but it was really just him again. Um, and they were talking about all the changes that had to be made. Do- and to be fair, I think they cut half the team, so there were obviously changes that were made. Uh, but you know. Well, we'll all see. I think the people who pay the, clo- the closest attention have the highest expectations. Um, and, you know, we want 
we see teams that are spending. If you look at the final four, these are all teams that are spending mm-hmm. um, a lot of money. Uh, and we would like to be in the final four. There have been analysis. People on Twitter have told us that they run the numbers and look at the teams in the playoffs versus spending and how there hasn't been a direct correlation uh, this season there has been mm-hmm. uh, at least if you look at the if you look at the final four now there's a there's a pretty there was a pretty good uh, straight line to uh, pay for quality difference maker players and and they'll make differences for you or pay for Nick DeLeon uh, for three hundred thousand dollars and he'll win a game for you yeah um, and, and and the big the big thing to mention is everybody's like oh there's no correlation I'm like well yes of course and, and over the years there there hasn't really been you know while MLS teams were fine trying to figure out how to make the DP rule work because um, you had a lot of teams spending a lot of money on players that weren't that good. And then once they finally got better at scouting and, and, and bringing in talent, you know, things started to shift um, and things are very much shifting. Uh, Toronto FC, this is their third time they're in the MLS Cup out of four years. Atlanta United was, you know, on the cup on the cusp of getting to their second straight final, which they would have hosted. Um, what? Yes, the playoffs are a crapshoot. Um, I found it kind of funny, like when the playoffs first began, it was like all the home teams were winning with the exception of, I think the galaxy in, in Minnesota. And then it was like all the road teams, all the teams on the road are now going to win. Um, so the, the playoffs are a crapshoot, but spending money puts you in positions where if you can consistently do that, you know, you know, pay the money to bring in good players. And also if you mentioned the teams that are, um, uh, that are, uh, that, that are losing the most money. They're also the teams that also have a huge negative valuation on the, on the Forbes list. If you look at their, their, their net operating income, because they're spending, they're willing to spend that money to, to get better. Um, this league is going to become a league of haves and have and have nots. Um, that's just the nature. You have owners like Arthur blank that are willing to drop the money. Uh, right now, you know, Levian can talk all he wants about how he wants to spend money. Um, so far, I would say, has he done it? I guess Rooney's something. He also um, doesn't have it. What? He also doesn't have it. Yeah. It's so going to be he, the people he brought in. It's going right, to be. He wants to spend their money. So uh, it's a question of if they want to let him spend yeah. their money. Speaking of people that who wanted to to sort of throw money at this team, yeah. do, we want, do we want to talk about Kevin yeah. Durant? Yeah. <laughs> Potentially buying an ownership share. Now, I, I have some thoughts on this. I do, I do have some 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 opinions. Um, opinions. Yeah. Uh, I guess so. If you haven't heard the story. Uh, Pablo Mauro is sort of dropping uh, another story. Like we basically use Pablo Mauro and Stephen Goff right now. Pablo Mauro has been winning it as far as like the sort of offshoot stories that he just sort of drops on us. Um, basically saying that Kevin Durant has been in talks multiple times to buy DC United. Um, of course, a if stake. you're what's that a stake in DC United, a stake in DC United. Sorry, so you're buying a, a stake in sort of in sort of the team. Um, I think he was in talks uh, early. It, I think a couple of years ago when they were still looking for new owners, I guess before they found Jason Levian um, or maybe when, uh, or maybe it was until he was selling a share. I can't remember the exact date, but I know they tried once. Then he tried again when, when Jason Levian was looking for new partners. Um, basically the, the deal fell apart because Kevin Durant wanted kind of a, uh, a sweet deal. He wanted kind of a, a sweetheart deal um, for the team. And the team was like, nah, sorry, we're, we're not really interested. I think he, he wanted his sort of his name to be part of the part of the deal. Um, like here, I'm I'm Kevin Durant. I'm buying your team. Therefore, I should get a better deal because my my name's Kevin Durant, and I'm going to bring you attention and media attention. Um, like James Harden with the Dynamo. Yeah, like James Harden with the Dynamo. My question would be: Go around the street and ask what MLS team James Harden James Harden owns, and I guarantee you, most people will be like, "I have no idea. I didn't even know he owned an MLS team." So I I understand the sentiment. Like, why wouldn't DC want this to happen? 
you still have to be smart businessly and you can't just let some guy get a, you know, cause then it sets you up with, you know, you're making, you're possibly, you know, maybe pissing off another owner who's like, Oh, I'm not going to buy for you. I want the deal Kevin Durant did. So you do have to be kind of careful. And, you know, I, I know it would be kind of a, I guess a big deal if Kevin Durant drives in, it would be a story. Certainly it would probably make ESPN. It would probably, you know, make the front page of the, of Washington post. If you know, when he's announced as an owner, but the same thing with James Harden, the dynamo, I don't know if the dynamo and, and Hey, if a dynamo fan wants to call me and say, no, no, James Harden did all these great things for when he signed on with the team, by all means call in. But from what I can gather, not really much of a bump. So I don't really get upset and say, oh, the team should have done that. They should, whatever Kevin Durant was willing to pay, they should have let him do it. Like, no, that's not how, that's not how real life works. I'm sorry. I would love Durant to be an owner. I think it'd be kind of cool. It'd be a cool thing, but um, I, I just don't think it was the, I don't, if it's not the right move financially, the team shouldn't do it. They should do it if they feel it's the right move financially and they're going to get a little bit of a bump from it. So I want people who have more money than sense yes. and who live very close by and have nothing else to do. Yeah. I do not want people that. So he's got a lot of money, right? But so, I mean, so, so Dan Snyder. <laughs> he does have more money than sense. So I guess that does technically hit my. Yeah, I my say, be team. careful. Be careful what you wish for, my friend. Be careful yeah. what you wish. For. I guess I'm looking more at Ted. Yeah, so he'll probably be my will be my my dream candidate. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, it was a funny thing. I don't think it, I don't think it would have yeah. effect, materially affected our conditions in, in any way whatsoever. But it was it was a funny thing that that uh, that almost happened twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the Washington Spirit? Yeah, let's go. Let's go into the Spirit General. Yep. Uh, so the North Carolina Courage wins again. The team that is so much better than every other team. It's not fair. Uh, one. Uh, again, was it was it three nothing four one? Was it was four. Was it was four one. Yeah, I mean it was pretty much. I think Crystal Dunn scored. Uh, Jessica McDonald scored. I mean basically it was like every single player that they pay for that's better than everybody else just absolutely wrecked uh, Chicago Red Stars, and they were still really a pretty good team. They were um, very good, and that was Sam Kerr's swan song with an end of USL. Yep. She's going to Europe now, potentially going to Chelsea. Fingers crossed that's where she ends up. They need they need some more goal scoring. Uh, but she's also potentially going to a couple of different places, so other big names in the space. Um, the NWSL tried to quickly change their rules so that they could keep her by changing what the minimum, the maximum amount of guaranteed salary that they could offer a player was. And they said at the time, basically, like, we're not, this won't be the reason that she leaves. If she leaves, she leaves, but we're going to fix this. Um, NWSL's had a lot of change here, very, very, in a very short amount of time. It appears that Sacramento is going to have a team next year. Mm-hmm. Louisville's uh, already been announced yet. as a as that, a team. Louisville's already been announced that they're going to have a team. I think next season, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty one. Okay, so it'll be season after next when they finish the stadium. Got it. All yep. Right. And I believe there's another team in talks for twenty twenty two. Yeah. So that's great. I mean, it, it. Nothing makes your team look more Mickey Mouse than not having ten teams in it. Like that. That's XFL stuff. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're. I'm glad they're expanding beyond. I'm going to just dunk on XFL all the time. By the way. Yeah. Do it. Do I'm it. just going to. <laughs> I don't care. There's actually there's a multiple XFL accounts that follow the show on Twitter, but yeah, I found <laughs> I mean, that I weird. I found that was right. happening. Um, oh. The Spirit also have concluded that they're going to play four games next year, at Audi Field, and seven in 2021. Seven's a lot. Yeah, um, that's that that's kind of exciting if you're if you're a local here and, and it can get to the games at Audi Field better. It appears that there is no conversation about Segra, um, which is good. Good, that, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think they they will get office space. They will get sort of other things that maybe training facility. Um, 
but they're not going to play games at 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 uh, Sega, which is good. Like we talked about, turf, middle middle of, not not middle of nowhere, but not conveniently located for anyone except for the people who live there already. Um, seven's a big move. Yeah, like that. That's a that's a throw in the cards on the table. Full commitment to to DC. Um, and I'm curious. And in two seasons, at the end of it, what we're talking about if, if this was if these you know, two games a year drawing almost full house, uh, what the real numbers look like over the, over the aggregate when you spread them out over a lot more games and more time. Yeah. And people can pick and choose and not everybody's just going to make time to go to those one or two games because it's, it's kind of a unique thing. Um, I will say I, I'm very happy, I guess, that they're still doing, I guess, four games at Audi and then the rest of the season, because there's also something to be said. If you're playing four games at Segra, four games at Audi, four games at, at um, I think that was the idea. They were gonna literally like just have four games at Audi. They were gonna split it, kind of just like literally down like in thirds almost. Um, when they could, um, I guess the question then becomes: You're doing that, and then what exactly is the Spirits' home venue? What is it? Is it Sacra Field? Is it Audi Field? Is it um, the Maryland Soccerplex? So I am more in, in tune of an idea of because you can't even really build a fortress if you're just splitting it three ways. You can't even build. You know, uh, you know, an identity fans, people to come out. You can't build a stadium, be- and, and for the players, that's got to be that would be. You know, I, not only are some of them not making, other than other than Rose Lavelle and Mallory Pugh, none of those players are making all that much money. They're making probably maybe a little bit more. Some of them are making maybe a little more of what the XFL players are going to make, and some of them are probably making a lot less than that. Um, and having to to live in supporter housing and, and things like that. Um, it's a shame and should absolutely pay them more. I'm hoping that changes very, very quickly. Um, but I mean, that, that is the nature of what it is. And then to be straight, you know, stringing yourself between three different fields, you know, between the Maryland soccer plex, Segra field, you know, I would imagine that would get really draining and I would worry about that impacting, uh, the spirit season. So I'm glad that they're doing, I'm glad they're increasing the number of games at Audi, uh, at Audi field. I think this is definitely like, okay, let's do four. If we're drawing 20,000, Every single one of those games, we're drawing a bunch of people out to watch those games. I'll be curious. I'll be curious if they sell like a four pack, like a four pack for those games. I think that sounds smart to me. They little, probably will. Yeah, there's some that. Yeah, like some sort of hype, some sort of plan where you can literally just buy a ticket to to those games. I'm gonna definitely, I'm definitely gonna try to get out to a game uh, at Audi Field next season, especially now they're four and they're gonna have it at the beginning of the year, and I can actually plan a little bit. It's not something I have to. Um, I have to figure out how am I going to get to the game? You know, I have a month, you know, plans, you know, calendar fills up and, oh, sorry, can't make it. Um, so, uh, I did not attend. So basically I just made nice donations to Washington spirit <laughs> in, uh, in kind cash donations to the Washington spirit last year. Yeah. 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 So, um, I, I hope, I, I hope to, to get out there next season. Um, but I think that's good. That's good. Um, do we want to talk? They had some players let go and yeah, I'll go through that real quick. Yeah. Um, so as of, today uh they released the roster updates uh players it's almost it's nine players that have been put on the re-entry wire some of them will come back mm-hmm. uh, but not all of them some of them are already signed the, the thing that i'm learning about as an nwsl neophyte is that how many of these players similar to the wnba have uh te- other teams they play for just in the off season just due to the vagaries of our schedule um Elise Kellen Knight is back in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Chloe Legarzo might also be. I'm not sure, but anyway, other players that have been re- released to the reentry wire, at least Megan Cross and Mackenzie Berryhill, Amy Harrison, 
the aforementioned Elise Kellen Knight, Tiffany McCarty, Chloe Legarzo, Callie Furkardson, Ariel Ship, and Shay Shay Yanez. Shay uh, was the backup goalie, played like 45 minutes for the year uh, because the the goalie in front of her happened to uh, win goalie of the year, I believe. Yeah, uh, and uh, team of uh, first eleven. Oh, we can talk about that too. But yeah, we can was, talk about that too. The mess that was. First 11 for the league. Uh, and Audrey Bledsoe also got a call into a national team camp. So really great year for her. I don't, her, I don't, I don't think she you know, could have had a better year. Andy Sullivan got a new uh, contract uh, offer. I don't know if she'll take it. I don't know how often uh, players in this league get offered improved deals and don't take them because I feel like there's probably a lot of control for the league and where people end up and also what kind of salary they can get. Um, so hopefully she stays. I thought she had a really good year, uh, particularly the first half of the year. Um, but yeah, there could this could be based on how things go, based on um, if Sacramento comes in the league and there's another expansion draft. Um, it could be a team that looks a lot different. I think it does need to look a little different. I think that this team is still pretty far behind the top two or three teams in the league, and which is a problem when you only uh, the top four only make the playoffs. So you can't you can't MLS it and just sort of be middle of the road and have like a good couple of weeks and then float in. You got to really go end to end and really um, you know collect your points. So um, I think this is going to be a good off season. They got this is exciting for them. They've got you know they know that they're going to be in, in Audi Field a little bit more. Um, hopefully the the owner has talked extensively about really committing financially to this team and spending the money that needs to be spent for them to compete. Um, I hope he does. I think just like just like with DC United, this we we want these teams to attract the best players possible and to be competing in a serious way for their for their for the playoffs and for their championship. And you know, I think I think NWSL 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 as a whole is facing a lot more competition than they have. You've got England, you've got Australia, you've got all these leagues that are propping up and are actually able to attract players. You lose Sam Kerr. Who was an incredibly talented and fun player to watch when you when 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 you watched her in in the NWSL? People came out to watch her play. She's off to to England to play in uh, for. She's looking like she has a choice between PSG, Real Madrid, and, and that's what you get. Particularly too when you have these very very successful European clubs that have cash to burn and money to spend, and there's no. I don't think there's any financial player fair, fair play regulations they have to really worry about. And, you know, they don't it doesn't matter to them what the bottom line looks like for for these teams. Um, they don't have any sort of salary cap or restrictions on spending. So the NW, NWCL needs to adapt because otherwise this league is going to lose a lot of those players. You're just going to have, you know, a lot of the U.S. national team players. But the players who, you know, the Martas, the, the Sam Kerrs, uh, the uh, players who make the league. Yeah. Like the international stars from the other. Yeah. They, they, they are what, you know, makes us a competitive league, makes us the best league in the world. And if they can leave and they can go make money elsewhere and there's competition also for just competitiveness that these other leagues are actually, you know, putting more than one or two competitive teams out there. Um, yeah, you got to figure out that money is money talks. The, there's an incredible investment going on right now around the world for these clubs um, and U.S. soccer. There's a lot of controversy regarding U.S. soccer and in and, and, and how they're sort of handling NWSL and. You know, and and if they don't adapt, they will lose it. And in, I don't know how long you can, you know. I guess it, it, if the league were to collapse, a lot of the, a lot of the U.S. players would probably just go to Europe, and and maybe that would be okay, I guess. But in a large sense, you'd be losing, you know, the ability to grow something in the ground up and really make sure your next generation is good. 
Also, their uh, their youth, their a lot of their youth teams, the youth women's uh, national teams, have not been doing well in tournaments. Um, we can talk about the U.S. Uh, men U seventeen bombing out of the U seventeen World Cup. I don't think uh, Griffin Yao really had the best showing. Um, I don't know if if the offers are going to be rolling in for DC, but um, I I know for a fact that you know the women U.S. women used to dominate every single women's you know youth tournament World Cup, and now they are actually struggling. I think they just hired a coach, and a lot of the people who you know people like Travis Clark and a lot of the others who sort of watch that side of the game and compare about it say this team is probably going to go three and out in the next youth World Cup because you know think they, they this isn't the right move. So. Um, U.S. Soccer has a tremendous advantage with the amount of with the amount of uh, amount of talent that plays here, the amount of players that play here. They they have the, still have one of the largest pools uh, of players really in any any nation in the world, uh, but they can very just as easily fall behind. Um, and we could be looking. We other nations are starting to catch up and they're starting to invest and they're starting to put more more of an investment. Uh, U.S. soccer has been criticized for the amount of investment, but it's still a lot more than a lot of other nations are doing. Now a lot of other nations are waking up and seeing what the U.S. women have been able to do and the benefit they've been able to bring to to the game in their country. And they're saying, well, we can do that. We already know how to how to coach, you know, soccer players better than, you know, better than the way the U.S. does it currently. And we can do that. And then once those actual investments roll in guarantee you U.S. soccer is going to start to look, uh, unless they make the changes necessary, are going to start to look um, a lot worse. I'm not saying it's going to happen next World Cup. I'm not even going to say it's going to happen maybe in the next couple World Cups. But, you know, three, you know, ten, ten years down down the line, why not? Why not? So uh, the NWSL Best 11 had uh, an interesting player in it, one that we love, uh, but one that should not have been in it. Uh, Rose Lavelle a player you may know if you have, have been alive the last year or if you're a, 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 a you know Washington Spirit fan at all. I'm trying to look up right now how many games she played. It, it wasn't a lot. The World Cup. It wasn't many. World Cup and injuries just kind of sucked. And it's, yeah, it's not good. It certainly doesn't help. It doesn't help your league when you look. I mean, even we have criticisms. We have criticisms of MLS's best 11. Bill Hamid should have been the goalkeeper of the year. I nothing nothing against the the Minnesota goalkeeper. I'm sure he had a great season. Bill Hamid had the better season, in my opinion. And I know I'm biased. This is a this is a DC United podcast. But you know we can. Th- there's arguments to be made for every one of those players to be on the best eleven. The problem with the problem with the uh, the NWSL best eleven is Roosevelt had a great career, great World Cup. But this NWSL is about the NWSL season, not the World Cup. She had six appearances in 2019, and she only had one goal that I can see. And that's great goal. Yeah, great goal. I believe it was a winner. Yeah, but I don't think any other league in the world would a player who has six appearances and one goal will be making the best eleven in your league. Um, so that's frustrating. I, I don't know. I, I, do they have a breakdown of like the vote or anything like that, or, or media voting? I, I imagine it was. I imagine it was uh, a secret ballot pull out of a large magician's hat well sometimes they, they show like the percentages like club i know mls does that but um i feel like they probably didn't but yeah. I, i'm not looking at it but i will bet you a nickel that that did not happen you're looking for it now yeah it's possible um so yeah i mean hopefully she plays a lot more now she's had injury problems since she's come to spirit so last the previous year uh she had similarly uh, minimal stats here um but I think now you got. She played eleven games last uh, in twenty eighteen, 
424 minutes played. So only five starts out of those 11. So she really needs to put, I mean, she doesn't need to. She has, <laughs> That's the thing that's kind of interesting about this, about NWSL versus MLS. Like you make your bones on the, on the woman's side in the national team. And what happens in the league is just, is just nice to have. Uh, from her perspective, she won a World Cup. She was uh, the star of the World Cup. Her profile has risen. Her marketability has risen. And, you know, whatever happens in NWSLs was good. And if she can win some there, that'd be great. But that's just not where everything is about. The incentives align for, you know, how much you care about it. And it's just not there yet at the moment. It's not, it doesn't come close to the national team. No. So hopefully she puts in a full season, gets a full healthy year, um, well, except for the Olympics. The Olympics, yeah. <laughs> so never mind. Yeah. Hopefully hopefully NWSL, I really hope they, they take the Olympic break, the full break, through, I mean, if you have to play one games, you know, a game right up at it and then a game, you know, right after it, okay. But, like, none of this, like, playing a whole season almost. You know the U.S. women's national team is probably going to the knockout stage, probably going pretty far in the tournament. Things can things can change, but you have the ability. You don't have a lot of teams in your – you don't have a lot of teams in your league. You don't have, like, this, this, this need with MLS where they have to schedule a bunch of matches. So they pretty much – the way they set up, the way their schedule was set up, they pretty much had to do it. Otherwise, you have five Wednesday games. I feel like they can figure out a way to give a full break through the Olympics, and then okay, we're coming back, and we're we're gonna and just give give your owners and 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 take this league seriously because otherwise, it's not going to grow. It's still incredibly frustrating to watch a game that the Spirit needed to win to to even have a chance at making the playoffs, and Rose Lavelle is on the bench, and the game ends zero zero. And you're you're doing a disservice to the people that watch the that that are going to watch the Olympics in Tokyo, buy a ticket, and say, "Oh, great, we're going to see Crystal Dunn, we're going to see you know Rose Lavelle, Mallory Pugh. This is going to be great." They show up, and you know, n- not a disservice to the girl to 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 the women who are who are playing in those games, but those are your big ticket draws. You know, if you buy a ticket to if you if you buy a ticket to Liverpool versus Arsenal. Um, you, you're going to see Mo Salah, you're going to see, you know, you pay a lot of money for a ticket, you take out there, you take your family and you're, the players aren't going to be there. Then, you know, it kind of, it kind of, and they're healthy too. If they're injured, there's nothing you can do about that, but if they're healthy and they can play, but us soccer is the one saying, no, 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 sorry. You know, you got to kind of, you got to kind of wonder and you got to kind of wonder what owner would want to get involved in this league that, that does those types of things. Um, that's my two cents on it. I've talked about it before. I, w- I won't go much further than that, but um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think we we have about covered all of the the things we wanted to cover. Yeah, um, we. Uh, I I think that we're still trying to figure out what we want to do in the off season when MLS finally finishes up. There will be more player moves, um, so we'll finally be able to put a real bow on that. We know for sure that Jalen Jalen Robinson's not coming back. We know for sure that Leo Hara is not coming back. Uh, Marquinhos Pedroso is not coming back. Who else was there? I'm trying to remember if there's any other players that for sure got let, let loose all the way. There are a lot of players that are questionable. Uh, Bill Hamid, they wanted to get the deal done. It's not done yet, so TBD yeah. there. That's going to be that's going to be the interesting one. I, I think that's going to be the more the more interesting move than Leo Harda or Lucas Rodriguez because Lucas Rodriguez is loaned, so right. they they want they want DC to take him, so they're going to work out a deal. Now it could be just like Emil Saad. They could be like, "Oh, we want you to pay this," and 
DC says, well, we could do that, but we have to do it over two, you know, two transfer winners. And they'd be like, what? We don't understand that. Never mind. Forget it. Hopefully they, they're a little more reasonable and say, well, we have salary considerations and cap considerations. Uh, it could be that the CBA completely changes that. They're like, sorry, no, transfer fees don't count anymore towards the cap. Spend as much as you want on that. Um, but the Bill and me one's going to be interesting because DC isn't, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to pay a whole lot to, you want him back. You don't want to pay a whole lot to bring him back because you let him go on a free. So essentially you're buying back a player you had in your wheelhouse. Um, and uh, I don't, I, and, and certainly um, I, I don't think his Danish team, I'm not even going to attempt to try to pronounce that name. Micheland. Micheland. Maybe not. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> who cares? Um, but uh, maybe they're not, they're not going to necessarily want, you know, they don't want Bill Hemi back. I'm sure they have. I, I haven't even, I haven't been watching them this season. But I'm willing to bet that whatever keepers they have in there are probably more than probably they've been they've been going along just fine with the keepers that they have. You so, haven't been watching them. You have not been. I I have not been keeping up with the Danish league. Sorry, I know they just wrapped up. I think there was a Danish game on, or maybe it was Sweden. I can't remember. It was one of the teams like they were wrapping up their season or something like that, and there was a game on ESPN Plus. I was working from home, and I'm like, okay, sure, I'll put this on. Soccer's um, on. I'll watch it. Yeah, soccer's on. I am I am nothing but an addict when it comes to this sport. Anyway, but um, yeah, so it's going to be curious to see whether DC can get a deal done. They still don't want to get taken to the ringer. I think that's why you're seeing, you know, keeper names sort of crop up that they might be looking at sort of big time names. Um, you know, when when you're trying to get a big star, uh, you're trying to get a big star to be in your movie, but he wants too much money. You start holding castings and trying to bring in other people to try to get him to, to lower his salary. Um so I, that maybe certainly is looks like that's what DC's trying to do here. Uh, knowing fully well if they can't get Bill, they're going to have to figure out something else and bring in and bring in a, a, a big uh, a certainly a big goalkeeper because let's be let's face it this team is not this team is not rebuilding they're not doing a hard rebuild they are trying to I guess do a soft rebuild and hope it works out. Um, but this team is looking like the players they brought in. This is not a team that's trying to just start over from scratch and 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 rebuild. So um, that's going to be the story. It's going to be a long offseason, man. I, I named this podcast the the abyss of the offseason. This is going to be a long and and lengthy offseason. And then we haven't even got we haven't even gotten like there's there's no talk about the CBA negotiations, which are going to if you if you've been an MLS fan around a CBA negotiation, it is absolutely the most like dry and just like weird story that you have to follow as you're That's watching my shit, Ted. I'm excited about <laughs> it. We're going to have good podcasts about this stuff. Oh so yeah. I'm ready. Oh yeah. We're going to bring in lawyers and attorneys and talk about, you know, rights. I remember they, they, they had like the, they, there was the, the moment when they weren't sure whether they were going to sign the CBA negotiation went to the 11th hour. And literally the owners were just like, here's the deal. Take it or leave it. They had a meeting and they're like, all right, we'll sign it. And then, like the the strike was over, but there were images. I think there was like great like Graham Zusi being like people were, like taking video of them like in the conference room as they were like walking in. Strange, strange times, strange times. I don't know if we'll get that level of strange, but yeah, I, I think that they are. I've not heard a lot of conversation about being ready to strike. I've not heard about big strike funds. All I've heard about is um, some of the bigger players speaking up a little bit more about mm -hmm. um, a couple I, issues, small issues. Uh, maybe maybe we're not reading the same things. I've heard a lot of talk about they have funds put together. The some of the more you know the players making the multi million dollar salaries are now putting in a little bit more money to help you know keep afloat the other the other players. 
Um, it, the thing I think you the thing I think you have to think about right now is that the minimum salary in MLS is actually at a point. It, it's it's gone up, which it absolutely should, but I think it's now finally sort of at a point where players now have nest eggs, maybe a little bit of a of a of a of a rainy day fund and the ownership. And when you've got players making five million, you know, two one point two million. You know, several hundred thousand because of the based on the salary cap and TAM and all this other money in there. You know the, you know the players' ownership gets together and say, "Hey, can you chip in? You know, fifty thousand dollars to cover the yearly salary of a player." Sure, I'll do that. You know, I'll chip that in. So, you know, I think they've actually this this is going to be, I think, a little bit more drawn out. I think they're going to go a little harder. And if we don't see if if we see a delayed start to the season, I will not be surprised at all. Um, I don't think. The players are buying anymore. The idea that the league is, you know, not making money, um, and you now have ownership that if this team, if this team goes away, they are literally losing money because they will not have a team. It wasn't like before where you have twenty NFL owners who are like, I could care, you know, I want an MLS, you know, I want to own a soccer team, but if it goes away, I'm not crying. I, I got my football team. I've got my, you know, all those, all those things. So now you've got a little more diversified ownership. So um, I, I think this is going to be a long, drawn-out fight. I think everybody's waiting until the season ends, and then we're going to see um, a big fight to the finish uh, for the next CBA negotiation. And I'll be curious to see what comes out of it. Go players. What's that? I said go players. Go players. Absolutely. <sighs> Do we want to talk pool sick? Do we want to? No. You can. You, you, can. Have, you have stronger feelings about this. I have strong feelings about this. Well, I said, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm glad he's going for Chelsea. That's all. That's all I care about. I, I know you're glad he's going for Chelsea, and I'm I'm glad to see other Americans doing well. I think Josh Sargent's had a goal. Um, we got Serginio Dest, which was a nice little pickup. Um, what's that? I said big surprise. Yeah, but it was it was a big surprise? I fully was not expecting him to do that, especially with how, especially with how things are going. Uh, but I think it just shows that the, the success we're seeing by the U.S. players in Europe shows that the players are not the issue. And there was a lot of talk. I think when the U S when Canada beat the U S was like, Oh, you guys think your players are better than they actually are. And I think this shows, no, these, these players are good. It's the coaching that needs to be back. That's all I'm going to say on that. Um, I think Berhalter should be out. I think they should clean complete house right now. So, um, yeah, uh, I guess with that, uh, we'll wrap up the show. I did not get any music. John didn't send me any music. So, you well, know. why don't you tap dance for five seconds? Uh, no, talk I think we'll just where they, talk about where they can find us on the internet. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you can find us uh, twitter.com slash RFQ Refugees. You can go to uh, facebook.com slash the RFQ Refugees podcast. Uh, you can also go to patreon, patreon.com slash the RFK, RFK Refugees. Uh, thank you all so, so much for listening. Uh, you guys are awesome, and we will catch you all next week. Vamos. Not enough tap dances. Vamos, guys.